Work shouldn't feel like a drag. And you shouldn't have to sacrifice your soul for a job you love. Determined to rethink the future of work. She's out of her depth on purpose. With fresh ideas, interviews, and stories from her life on the road. Meet Europe's newest digital nomad, Blair Palmer. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of A Brilliant Gamble. I hope you are really well. We're starting to settle into life in our small holding. I've managed to get a few seeds into the ground. I have uh, got someone over to put some pictures up on the wall. Things are making their ways into shelves and cupboards and uh, it's starting to feel a bit more like our home. As you know, I have taken a few weeks off from making new shows because things are a bit hectic and I think sometimes you just have to press pause on some of the stuff you've got going on so you can focus on the things that really, really need to happen. So that's what I'm doing, but I didn't want to leave you without a podcast at all. So I have been rifling through the archives to find you some of my favourite interviews from the last couple of years and sharing those with you again. Today's is an interview with Ali Soleil. She's the presenter of the F Years podcast. She's also a coach and she's very, very wise in the ways of things mid-life. So let's hand over to Ali and my conversation with her from about a year ago. I hope you enjoy this. Ali, so happy to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Blair. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be here with you. Well, we had a little chat last week about some of the things we might talk about today. And I, um, well, in a way, I don't really know where to start because there's so many places we could start. You've had adventures of your own, mm. you've other people to have adventures. Um, and, and I suppose that's really one of the, the, the main reason I wanted to talk to you was about having adventures in your 40s and 50s. Not to say that this, what we're going to talk about isn't relevant if you're not in your 40s and 50s, but mm-hmm. I think it's a little radical, isn't it, to <laughs> have, this, have, have your adventures in your 40s and 50s? Surely you should have grown out of it by then. Do you know what? I think that the old way of thinking was you kind of went to school, you went to university, if that was your thing, um, then you got a job or a career, um and then you retired and then you had your adventures and that was the rule you know and you were supposed to wait until you were retired and then you'd go on your saga holiday (laughs) or whatever it was and i think that you know we're living in this amazing time right now where we can shake all of that up if we choose to and i think the internet has given us it's been such a massive uh, sort of revolution in the in, in the way that we can live our lives, and so I think for women in their <clears throat> excuse me late forties and fifties, you know they have a way of connecting now with with others through social media. They're seeing what other people are doing. I know you've got a massive adventure that's just unfolding, and you know there are so many women that are inspiring and men who are choosing a different way of living and rather than waiting until you know they are <laughs> retirement age they're choosing to go for it now and why not now and i also think that you know really when we get to sort of 50 which is the age that i am right now it's such a privilege to be here 
you know, I'm sure for many of us, we've lost friends and family along the way who haven't reached 50. And so, um, you know, I think it's an absolute privilege to be this age. And um, why, why start putting my thermals on, <laughs> sitting in a rocking chair and smoking a pipe when I could be swimming in an ocean or I could be climbing a mountain or I could be doing something that just makes me feel alive and that, you know, life is just unfolding for the better every day. I remember my dad having a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. He probably was spot on 40. I mean, 40 feels a little young to have your midlife crisis these days, but nonetheless, he was probably... <laughs> And he, um, he decided to get a job that meant that he could work from home and we moved to the countryside and we got a small holding and we started raising sheep and, um, you know, eating our own vegetables and stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, and, and so the idea of the midlife crisis is not new, but as I said, it seems to be happening a bit later and... It seems to be happening, maybe it always happened to women, but I don't remember my mum having one. Do you think that that's what we're talking about? A bit of a kind of get to your mid 40s or early 50s and start thinking, is this it then? You know, is this what? Because mm. you're, you're sort of at a crossroads where you could say, well, I could just let it all go now. I could spend my evenings for the rest of my life watching TV and I could wear a onesie and I could <laughs> just let it all go or I could decide it's time for another adventure it does feel a bit like that to me I think it does and I think sometimes when people talk about midlife crisis it's meant it's almost said as if it's if it's not you know it's not a good thing but what if it was a good thing a midlife crisis is actually an awakening it's actually um it doesn't mean it's like one final fling at life it means it's actually um, reaching a kind of a crossroads or as I sort of feel that it can be it's like you know inspiration hits us and um, I think sometimes yes we do sort of think you know is this it is this is this now how my life is going to be actually I expected to be further ahead or I expected to be doing something different or you know I, I didn't imagine that it would just end up like this and then I think sometimes we get that kind of there's an awakening that happens within us. This is like this inner nudge, this inner knowing, this inner guidance, this spark of an idea that, that kind of carries us forward. And I think often then we remember, actually, life's meant to be fun. And I want to move towards that. I want to move towards joy because actually the weight and the burden of paying the bills and um, my ever-expanding waistline, <laughs> the wrinkles and... Do you know what? That's, that's not necessarily what it's all about. You know, I want to go out there. I want to have fun. And I think that's what, what, what people are feeling when they're in their midlife crisis, as, as you suggested it could be. It's actually thinking, I, I do matter. There is more out there and I'm going to go out there and grab it. But for each of us, it happens at a different time. Some people actually hear that calling and go for it. Some people hear the calling and don't allow themselves permission to go for it. They think, yeah, that's kind of not really for me or, yeah, of course, I'd love to do that. But I, I, I haven't got time to do that or I can't afford that or, yeah, I'd love to retrain. But, you know, I can't afford that, uh, you know, or I'm just too old now for that. But the truth is, you know, the adventure can start whenever, whenever you want it to. You just got to feel that that calling to go and do it or just to do something, see where it takes you. 
And you did this, didn't you? Well, what happened was, um, I've been in the personal development world for, for a very long time. And, you know, I've seen other people's big transformational journeys. And I thought I'd had mine, you know, because I'd kind of, you know, been completely broke, putting my mortgage on a credit card and, you know, then turned my life around and, you know, started a new career. And so I kind of felt like, yeah, I've had my big breakthrough. But, um, but I think that that was quite small thinking, really, because I think we're forever growing and we're forever sort of having these peaks and troughs and new beginnings in our lives. And so um, I'm 50, as I mentioned. And when I was uh, 48, my girls left home and I was a single parent. And I was so I so loved being a mom and they were my friends and we did so much together. And, you know, our home was always buzzing with you know, them and their friends and there was lots of cooking going on and laughter. It was great. And then obviously, you know, the natural evolution within a family is the children fly the nest. And, you know, of course, as a supportive mama, you know, I encouraged them to, to do that. But then suddenly I was alone and, you know, it was kind of like, mm, okay, now what? <laughs> and I, I really did feel lonely and I start, if I'm honest, I started feeling quite sorry for myself and, you know, everything was tidy and, you know, kitchen didn't have any mess in it. I wasn't really cooking for myself because there was no joy in that. And yeah, I just, I, I just was feeling quite lonely. And I think also, you know, at the stage, the age 48, you know, perimenopause all time, hormones doing all sorts of things and just, you know, not sleeping so well at night and getting a bit too introspective about things and you know I started thinking hang on a second I actually help other people to shift out of this sort of feeling of fed up to move towards fabulous I've been doing this for years what's happened I've not noticed that I've actually fallen into this pattern myself and so I thought right come on you can either feel sorry for yourself or you can do something different and embrace life and see this not as the end of something, but the beginning of something and actually see this as a time to rise up again and, you know, decide who I, who I am now, if you like, rather than who I've been. And um, that's why I'm so passionate about helping women who are in their 50, late 40s and 50s, because it's such an exciting time, because for many of us, our children are, you know, leaving home. And it is a kind, it is a time of kind of, is, you know, what's next? you know, what's for me. And um, so, yeah, I think it's an exciting time to redefine what your life is going to be about moving forward, about who you are now as a woman, who do you aspire to become? What's next? What's the adventure? You know, what do you long to do? What is it you've been waiting to do all these years? What's that thing you said that, well, when the kids are grown up, I'm going to go off and do or whatever it is but that fire that you have you've had in your belly for so long that you've been kind of putting putting on hold well you've been putting it on hold for a time such as this so um so yeah so that that was my experience is actually to to you know em embrace this time of my life and uh, and start again you know start again so I sold up um I wasn't you know I decided that where I was living wasn't really where I wanted to be I was a bit fed up of paying a mortgage after all these years I've been on the property ladder since I was 19 and um, I just thought wouldn't it be great to have an adventure and so I sold 
sold up. I put all the possessions that either were important and necessary or that had some real sentimental attachment. Um, I kept those and put those into storage. And then literally with just my car and <laughs> the, the essential possessions that I needed, I, I, I drove off and I didn't have a home to go to, which was the most strange experience and equally liberating experience um, to know that, you know, it's like a blank piece of paper. I can do, I can do whatever I want now. So yes, I had an adventure for, for a good nine months doing that. And you didn't even really know where you were staying the first night, did you? No. <laughs> I, so, I had, so although I was a single parent and I was living alone, I had a partner, but we didn't live together. And he kept saying to me, yeah, but so where are you going to go? Like, what do you, because I also think he, did, he was sort of rather hoping I wasn't going to be saying, can I move in with you? <laughs> and so um, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was saying to him, all I can focus on is getting the place sold. I can't really decide what I'm going to do until I've done that bit. That's the bit. And he said, shall I just book us into a hotel for a couple of nights so that you can just sleep and then you can figure out what you want to do. And I said, yeah, that's great. That would be perfect. Thank you so much. So that's what I did. I stayed in a hotel, but it's the most strange feeling not having a set of house keys, <laughs> you know, to go home to, you know, to turn in your, your door. There is no, there are no keys other than your storage unit and your car. And that's very, liber it's really liberating, actually. Yeah, no housework either. <laughs> yes. I mean, there are lots of things like that, aren't there? You know, the cost of just having a, a house, and I, I mean, everyone who has a house knows this, but the mortgage and the bills and the Wi-Fi and the maintenance and all of that kind of stuff, um, you know, there's all of that. And then there's all the time. And I mm -hmm. do spend a huge amount of my time going up and down the stairs trying to <laughs> that I'm not quite sure where I left them or more likely where someone else left them but I'm supposed to know where they are you know if when you just have stuff that fits into your car or in our case that fits into your van you know exactly what you've got and and you can basically see it all mm, yeah you can and I think you know it, it goes to show that you can actually live life um, more simply I think, you know, we overcomplicate, you know, in our heads about situations, about can we do this, can't we do this? But we also, we overcomplicate things at home. You know, we fill our homes with tap <laughs> and stuff and things we don't really need. And in fact, when we get rid of them, we don't miss them. So, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, a lot of people have said to me when they've done something like this, a lot of my clients have have done this too you know it's just such a cathartic is the word they use experience to, to let go and shed this stuff that we just like carry around with us and so for me that it was it was strange the things that I've thought oh you know I could have done with that I, like, I had a speaking opportunity and I thought oh I know I'm gonna wear my red top and then I thought oh no I can't because it's it's in storage <laughs> and um and I, I think I said to you last week, I, I really missed my potato peeler. <laughs> and I had to go and buy a new one that was the same as the other one. And I think that's also the thing. We can often replace the things that we find that we need, that, that we do actually need. But most of the time we can live so much more simply than we do. 
Yeah, you you called it um, pruning. I, you know, I, I've, I'm not mm. a minimalist by any uh, stretch of the imagination. And in fact, just today, we've put um, everything into the van that we're taking. And we've really wedged it in. I mean, mm. there's not one dot of space. And what I'm hoping happens, actually, is that as we travel around, we think to ourselves, we don't need some of the stuff that we've, you know, even though it's, that's pretty minimal, I'm hoping that we think, even further there's there's things we don't need but you know the very fact that we've had to sort of wedge stuff in as evidence proof that i'm not a, a minimalist but i do like this idea of pruning and i wonder if even if you don't have a plan to go on a big adventure that requires you fitting everything you own into a mm -hmm. gun um there still might be benefit in doing some pruning yeah definitely definitely I think everyone feels lighter when they've they've let go of things and I think sometimes you know some sometimes people say you know the out the your outer environment is a reflection of what's going on in your you know mentally your inner environment and I think that's really true because I don't know about you but when I'm working if I've got a really cluttered desk then I I tend to feel a bit more stressed and I'm not sure where things are and <clears throat> excuse me things kind of just get a bit on top of me because they literally are on top of me. <laughs> and, and so I think, you know, when we want to transform our lives or, you know, in our, maybe we want to change the, the adventure we want is to change our career or whatever. Actually, when we start lightening our load at home or in the office or even in the car, I had a bit of a sort out of my car today, actually. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm going to America next week and there's still a few of my things in the car that I had on my travels in my car and it's like oh yes I remember where I left that and um I think it's I think it is really important to to lighten ourselves and lighten up literally by letting go also you know say you want to have an adventure and you think you can't afford it well you know, you could make money by selling the things that you no longer want. I made money on eBay um, and, um, you know, I was just going to free cycle everything. Someone said, oh, you don't want to do that. What about those, those old Microsoft, um, you know, like drivers that you've got for all, you know, from the 90s, whatever. They're worth money. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? somebody wants that oh yeah they're collectible and they're still sealed and so even the most sort of random things you know people want and collect so whether it's a piece of furniture you know no longer need or maybe it's your dvds cds okay you don't get a lot of money but you know it, it all counts it all mounts up so actually when you lighten up and you sell some of these things you know that that's great so i think i made about 500 pounds which you know, is great that paid for quite a lot of my storage <laughs> storage unit time. So yeah, that's really good. And I, and you know, I was sort of making analogies between you know the inner world and the outer world and all of that. It also occurs to me that that the the letting go of stuff and the letting go of attachments are related too. You know, I think we can get very attached to life having to be a certain way and that's where some of the complexity comes in so well I mean I have to have a house and I have to have mm -hmm. a car and I it can't just be a car it has to be a great car and I have to we have to go on a, a special holiday we can't just spend our holidays at home I have to you know so then you start to 
accumulate a lot of have-tos in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I wonder if that's one of the reasons, because I know you work with a lot of people who are making this transition and going on these adventures. I wonder if all of those attachments are one of the reasons that we end up feeling quite stuck and that we need to let go of some of those and be okay with not having some of those things um, in order to be able to, to move forward lightly. Yes, I think it all is about mindset and it is about recognizing the conditioning that we have and also, you know, other people project onto us what they think we should be doing or how we should be living, you know, what their expectation is of us. And I think it's really important that we, you know, that we actually just stop and think about our lives, you know, and to um so do an inventory you know of ourselves of our lives of how we live and actually look and see what is really working for us what isn't what do we need to change what do we need to do more of less of and what do we need to let go of and I think that's that's really important because um you know if you want to have a life that's rich and fulfilling and purposeful then you have to kind of you have to walk a path less trodden. You have to, you have to choose what's right for you and, and embrace it, really. Embrace it. Embrace that opportunity. What's some of the stuff that holds people back, uh, either practical or, as you say, mindset? How are they getting in their own way? I think that um, a lot of people love the idea of having you know when I say adventure I don't just mean like selling up and doing you know what I've done what you're doing um it might be changing a career it might be starting a lifestyle business it, it, you know it could be actually just finding and reclaiming themselves who they are now at this stage whatever stage they're at but it is actually I think it's important to um you know, the mind is a very complicated computer, if you like, and it runs all these different programs. Some are on the surface, some are going on behind the scenes. And, um, you know, we easily talk ourselves out of things. We might have a fleeting moment. We think, oh, do you know what? Um, like, for instance, I have a friend and she said to me, oh, I'm retraining to be a nurse. And, and I said, wow, that's incredible. And she said, thing is, I've always wanted to be a nurse. I've always wanted to be a nurse. And she'd done all sorts of other things. She'd even been a landscape gardener. She'd worked in a school. And, and I said to her, what stopped you from, from doing it before? And she said, oh, you know, I just, I just didn't think I had the time. I didn't think I was this. I didn't think I could manage it. But, you know, I've got to this age and I think I'm, 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 I'm going to do it because it's now or never. And that really impressed me because I think, you know, for so many of us, there are things we want to do, but we just talk ourselves out of it. And she's a great example of somebody who um, got out of her own way. She actually said, I don't, it doesn't matter that I'm 50. It, it's now is the time. It's now or never. And it's definitely going to happen. So it's now. So I think, you know, we overcomplicate. We talk ourselves out of things. We think that it's not for us. Um, a lot of the time we don't give ourselves permission to do it. Um, and that's such a big one. So I've had clients where, you know, they, they kind of know what it is they want to do, 
they think they're supposed to be doing something else because they trained in it and they studied in it or they're paid really well in this particular job or you know that they're just waiting for this promotion in in their in you know in their company but they don't even really want to work in that company anymore and so sometimes it's about giving themselves permission to say do you know what does that doesn't matter you know this other thing that you want to do this this other adventure this new career this whatever it is if that's the thing that you really want to do then it's okay to go for it it's okay to say you know, goodbye to that, that other thing that's no longer really fulfilling you. Um, you don't have to keep doing what you've always done. You know, you can give yourself permission to, to do it differently. And how do you know, this is a conversation that I often have with myself and with clients as well. How can you tell whether the voice that you are hearing in your head, that's telling you, well, it's telling you anything, actually, but often telling you to put the brakes on or to, or to be more sensible or whatever. How can you tell if that is the, the voice of your higher self or if that is the voice of the devil trying <laughs> to tempt you to, to, you know, not take any risks, to not really live your life, to compromise on everything? Because sometimes it's very difficult to tell which bit of yourself is 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 speaking in that moment which bit to mm. Mm. Well, there's so many different ways that i think you can you, you you can define which it is um but usually you know it's the it's the ego <laughs> that is the one that's saying oh you don't want to do that oh what if oh what if you lose all your money oh what if it goes wrong oh what are they gonna say what if you don't fit in <laughs> what if it all just goes terribly wrong you're gonna look right fool well that's not what spirit would say because that inner guidance, you know, that this, the, the, the path that you're meant to take actually is the one that says, go on, do it. It's going to be fine. You know, this is what you're here to do. So one makes you feel expanded and one makes you feel contracted. So the ego is always trying to protect you and keep you safe. So it's going to do its best to do that job. And, um, and it never goes away. You know, it's always going to be there. And actually, there's, there's a great book by Elizabeth Gilbert um, called Big Magic. And she talks in there about, um, if you imagine that you're going, you're on a bus um, or driving a car and um, you're going to have spirit with you, which is like, yeah, come on, let's hit the road. Let's do this. It's going to be so great. Um, but you're also going to have ego with you going, oh, you know, goodness me. <laughs> no, you can't do this. And she says, you have to remember to put ego in the back and then you have to give it a right good talking to. So you have to say, okay, you can come on the journey, but you sit in the back. We don't want to hear you giving out directions because we know where we're going and you're not even allowed to control the radio <laughs> <laughs> or the music, show my age. And, um, and I think that's the thing. It's always going to come on the journey with us. But it's spirit. It's the part of you that feels expansive. And I think that if you, if you take yourself, you know, to whether you're a med, somebody who likes to meditate or if you can just take yourself to a really quiet space and just to relax and breathe, you know, just, just slowly breathe in and out. Drop your shoulders. Just relax and put your hands on your heart and just feel into your inner guidance, your inner calling. And every time 
a negative voice comes up, surrender it and just ask yourself, you know, what am I here for? What's my next step? Another thing that I like to do is to sort of visualize myself in the future. Um, the person that I aspire to become, what would she do? What would she say? What's, what does she want me to do? And the other way, you know, we were all little people once with dreams and we didn't have doubts and we didn't have, you know, we didn't have a part of us that, uh, doubt, you know, we could go, you know, I used to love being a horse and click clopping down the high street on a Saturday, you know, giddy up, giddy up. People would look, it didn't matter. My, my girls did that, singing out loud. No, you know, you didn't care what people thought, you just did it because that's what childhood's about. But as we get older, we are so concerned about how we look and how we show up and how we fit in and what other people think and are we being good? But actually, if we go back, so in that quiet moment of, um, you know, being heart-centered, breathing with our eyes closed and take ourselves back to that little girl inside or that little boy inside and actually, you know, saying to her or him, Do you know, it's going to be okay. We're going to have this amazing adventure because that little child inside still wants to have fun. That little child inside doesn't want to settle for, you know, what is. You know, they, the children always want the next thing. They always want the fun. And that's what life's supposed to be. But somewhere along the line, that gets forgotten about. And we're supposed to conform and fit in. And as I said earlier, you know, wait till we're older to have our fun. We don't have to. We can run towards joy now if we give ourselves permission. And it's okay to do that. So I think, it, again, it's really about what feels expansive and what feels, you know, contracted. And that's how you know. Is that how you know? <laughs> um, well, you know, I heard a really um, a good distinction the other day, a, a course that I'm doing, self-development course that I'm doing, and the, uh, the, the lady who runs the course, who's Jess Lively, I listen to her podcast all the time. I talk about her a lot on the show. Um, she was saying that, is the voice peaceful? Mm. If, you, if when you hear that voice, it's a, it's a peaceful voice. And when you imagine that course of action, it feels peaceful. Mm. And it's probably coming from your intuition. Mm. And when it's not peaceful, which is a lot of the fear stuff and a lot of the security yeah. stuff, then it probably is the the ego talking because the ego is just trying to keep you safe but it is a mm. fearful small-minded part of <laughs> yes this this intuition which is which is peaceful so that's but but that fits very really perfectly with the distinction that you've made as well that this kind of expansive that, that things are possible versus closing down and and mm. no to opportunity i think also if you've got this feeling inside you just know that you're meant to do something so before i sold up i knew i wanted things to change and i knew that i i i didn't want to carry on the way living the way that i was and so i went through journals upon journals sort of writing down like all the different options all the all the different things i could do i could I could rent out my home. I could sell my home. I could, there were just so many different things that I could do. And, um, but, but I kept getting the same thing coming back, which is sell, just sell, just sell. But then I was thinking, Oh God, but if I do that, what about this? What about you? And, um, and I did mention it to a few people and they were like, some people said, yeah, that sounds great. You should do it. 
um, and other people are like, oh yeah, well, well, what if you lose all your money? What if you spend it all? And, um, but the thing was, I just kept, it was just this reoccurring in a nudge going, sell, just sell, just sell, just trust yourself and sell up. This is what you're meant to do. Um, and it was such a relief when I made the decision just to do it, just to stop wasting time, get out of my own way and sell. And I think that that's, that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, it's there. You know, we, we think, oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you do. You do know. Deep down, you know, there's some kind of inner nudge, a, a whisper. It's, a, it's like your, your soul's calling. It's your inner guidance. It's, it's literally inspiration, which is in spirit. It's, it's something it's telling you to do this next thing. And your ego might fight it. But if it keeps coming up, it keeps coming up and it just doesn't go away, you know it's meant for you it's there and you've just got to own it and claim it and say, right, okay, I'm going to do it. And I don't necessarily know all the answers or how it will happen, but I'm going to just take that risk. I'm going to, I'm going to take that, you know, the biggest gamble. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, I think that that is, you know, I, you mentioned before about throwing things away and um, very rarely have I regretted throwing anything away. I, I have once regretted throwing something away. Um, I went a little bit too far <laughs> with my clear out <laughs> and threw away some demo tapes of me in a band that I was in because they were on cassette and I thought, oh, I can't even listen to a cassette. So what's the point? And of course, years later, I thought that was really stupid. Mm. Well, I knew it was stupid. The second I came back from the tip, I was like, right, oh. on forever and no one has a copy. Uh, so, so I think there are, you, you do sometimes make regrets, uh, have regrets, but, the, the thing is about the status quo, you know that if you say, oh, well, let's just keep everything as it is, you'll still have the option later of changing it. Whereas mm. say, let's change it. You don't really probably ever after that have the option or the fear is that you don't have the option to go back to how it was before. And I wonder if that it feels like of course, the truth is, just as you did with your potato peeler, you can always, <laughs> you can always put it back together again if you need to. You know, if you realise you've gone too far, mm -hmm. you don't do something <laughs> that you regret. By and large, you can unpick it and put your life back the way it was. But but it doesn't feel like that. I think it feels like a greater risk, like there's no turning back. It, it I definitely think that's true. Um... But I also know that we're so resilient. I also know that we have more courage within us than we think that we have. And, you know, even if the thing that you want to do doesn't work out the way you expected it to, at least you tried. It's so much better to live knowing that you, you tried rather than living with regret that you didn't. And there was a fantastic, fantastically sad, actually, interview that was done with some people that were in palliative care and um i'm just trying to remember what they said but they said that they wish they hadn't cared what other people thought about them so much and that they wish they'd had the courage to do what they really wanted in life and i think that must be so sad to get towards the end of your life and look back and think oh i should have done that or i wish i'd done that i wish i'd been braver i wish i'd i wish i'd tried because <sighs> 
because life is meant to be fun. We are meant to run towards the thing that we're passionate about. And even if we don't quite make it, we're going to have had some kind of adventure, some kind of learning, some kind of awakening. In, in the, in, and the thing is, as well, Blair, that I think is really important is that we are the role models for the next generation and we're the role models for our peers as well. So when we have a go at something, we're kind of sending that signal out to others. They, have, they can give themselves permission to do it too. And I think that's really important. Take a chance. You know, and as Martin Luther King Jr. said, take the first step in faith. You don't always have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. And I think that's really, really true. I love that. And of course, that's where, you know, sometimes people will look at something like the, the thing that I'm doing or that you did. These quite big, momentous changes and think that that's where it started. But it probably didn't start there. I, I, I mean, there are people who are living very kind of normal lives, nothing particularly unusual at all. And then they have a sort of breakdown and do something completely out of character and completely wild and irrational. Um, they, they just break. But for, certainly I know for me, this, in a year or 18 months ago, I would not have done the thing that I'm doing now. It's only possible because of some of the smaller decisions that I've made mm. in the meantime, and of course prior to that. So I'd already I was already working for myself. So you, I already had that amount of flexibility, um, you know. And then, in fact, I think probably the first thing I did was I let my hair go grey. You know, it wasn't a big thing, but it was a kind of, it felt big at the time, yeah. was just to see a bit more of my own self. You know, it's about authenticity. Mm. And then that led to the next thing, and that led to the next thing. And each change that you make then opens up to you a range of options that weren't available to you before you made that change. And then you make the next change. And that's, I guess, the step at a time thing. Mm. that I had the whole thing planned out 18 mm. months ago and now we're setting off on our journey and I had all these big decisions to make I didn't I just decided to homeschool you know, mm. it didn't it, I didn't decide to world school I didn't decide to buy a camera <laughs> I did um I think this is for us now and then the next thing becomes possible and it doesn't mm. look like that from the outside I think but, but in reality, it's very unusual that people make these massive changes in their lives from a standing start. Is, is that something that you, from, from your own experience and also from working with your clients, is that familiar to you too? Yes, definitely. And, you know, they would say there's no such thing as an overnight success, don't they? <laughs> because something has been going on behind the scenes, whether it's just this you know, this feeling that it could be doing something different. And then just like you say, taking the small little steps. Um, it's like a puzzle, really, isn't it, life? You know, like a, or, or a jigsaw. Or Sometimes I think of it as a game of snakes and ladders because sometimes we go up, up the ladders and we come down the snakes and we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but the thing is, as long as we always take the learning, you know, so something didn't go as well what could I have done, you know, what have I learned from that? And that in itself is like a step forward. It's, an, it's a definite step forward. And um, being more self-aware as well, I think, you know, is a step forward. Um, 
and really owning who you are and your worth and, you know, putting your boundaries in. Those are all steps towards um, whatever your adventure is in life, you know, just, just reclaiming who you are and um, just, yeah, a step at a time. Nobody has to do a giant leap. <laughs> you can if you want, but, you know, it's little steps. It's a step here and it's a step there. And sometimes it's just a sideways step. Just keep moving, keep moving forward. How did your, your nine months on the road change you? What, what did you learn about yourself from that experience? Um, gosh, I learned so many different things. I learned, well, obviously we've already talked about it. You just don't need so much stuff um, that you don't have to have the whole plan. Um, I... I had thought that I would be spending time in Europe. That was something I thought. Um, but because um, my body's got rheumatoid arthritis, um, I ended up having so many hospital appointments because I'm waiting at the moment to have my ankle replaced. And I was a bit frustrated, if I'm honest, because I had seemed to have like hospital appointments almost every week, which kind of kept me very much pinned to the UK. So I learned as well to kind of ride ride the waves if you like and not not feel disappointed but to see every day as an adventure a mini adventure within itself and I think that that was that's a good learning for life is to every day have a little adventure <laughs> even if it's just to walk to a different park or to eat something different or whatever so make every day an adventure what else did I learn I learned that it isn't all about the money either because I remember thinking before, um, oh, it'd be so good when I don't have a mortgage and I don't have credit card bills to pay every month and all about that. But, and that was a good feeling, but I still didn't, I, I didn't go out and splurge, you know. I didn't need to because I was actually happy. <laughs> um, I was happy with myself because I was happy in my decision. I also learned that, I probably didn't even need to have sold up. This is probably the biggest one. I didn't actually need to have sold up to have had the adventure. I could have had the adventure anyway. It's just that, again, I didn't give myself permission to go off and, you know, visit family up in the Northeast or go up to Scotland on the train or, you know, do some of the things that I did. I could have done them anyway, but I just didn't think that I could unless I sold up. So that, that was a big learning. And that reminds me again that, you know, now I'm, I'm living in a, in a, in a home again. Um, there's nothing to stop me now from, from just going where the wind blows, you know, where it takes me whenever. Um, and that actually, I'm always safe. You know, I learned that I'm always safe. You know, the number of people that said, come and stay, you know, or my family would say, oh, why don't you come and stay for a few days or rekindling friendships and, uh, connections you know that 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 was amazing that was um, that brought me so much joy I love that and I think you know we get a bit of um, Instagram envy you know when we, we look at people traveling the world and things um, I, I certainly do and uh, and it's motivator for me I use that as a motivator but I also wonder if some of the stuff that doesn't make a great Instagram picture which is sitting around with your buddies having a drink or a laugh and, or, and just hanging out with family, just quite normal times, hanging out with people that you don't get to see enough of and allowing that into your life as opposed to these very hectic lives that we lead where it's, 
it's hard to get out to see people. But it isn't, but it feels hard to just to go away for the weekend or to have people over for dinner. Um, and actually, it's very easy and would make such a massive difference in terms of just shaking things up a bit, just getting out of the routine. Yes, yes. I think it's, you know, so many people have their New Year's, resolu- New Year's resolutions. I'm going to go to the gym because I want to feel more healthy and I want to tone up my body and I want to, you know, want to have that beach body ready for the summer and all, you know, they go, there are so many different things that people do because they think, yeah, yeah. But then they, 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 we, we all do it, don't we? We all do it. We all kind of think, oh, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to go to the gym this week or I can't be bothered to, I think I'll just have something quick and easy to eat I'm not gonna make something super delicious and nutritious (laughs) we all kind of make shrink 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 our lives shrink each aspect you know um deny ourselves the pleasures that we could have and we just settle for what is and you know there's so much more there's so much more so if people are wanting to do something they've got an inkling of what it is what the adventure is but they're struggling to get started or they're they're not feeling completely in flow in terms of getting started what what are there any tricks or tips that that you can share with them um well first of all i'd say it's great if you acknowledge that that's how you're feeling and that's okay (laughs) and that's normal you know because i think sometimes um you know, you know, we see, like you say, there's the comparison with social media. We see other people like having these amazing experiences and we think, Oh, we should be, I should be doing that too, but I'm not there yet. And I think it's important just to sort of acknowledge you're where you are and where you are right now is perfect. So it's just about taking a step forward. So what is, so whatever it is this thing that you say that you want to experience, what just, every day like what is one thing you could do or even if you can what are three things you could do today that would move you further in that direction maybe it's a phone call to someone who can help you maybe it's actually um doing something practical or physical like clearing a space or whatever maybe it's doing some research um or maybe it's even just taking some time in quiet reflection so that you can just relax and feel that expansive feeling that we talked about. You know, just know that it's normal to feel fear, know that it's normal to feel anxious. Um, you know, again, that's the ego that, that feeds us that feeds us that. Um, and that's normal. So don't beat yourself up if you're not as far ahead as you would have liked to have been. Just remember that every day you can take that next step forward and that's okay. And you go at the speed that's right for you do it in the way that feels most comforting to you but know that you've got to push your own edges you've got to push out of your comfort zone um and just keep keep moving forward and do you think that deep down most people do know what what direction they should be going because a lot of people will say well you know if i if i knew what i wanted to do i would do it but i i don't know do you think actually at some level most most of us do know what the next step is. I do think we do. Yeah, I think we do. But I think what happens is we overthink. So, you know, we might think that this is what I want to do, but then we ultimately say, yeah, but I can't do that because 
you know, and we talk ourselves out of it. Also, I think sometimes we forget, you know, we've had this like spark of, you know, burst of inspiration comes through us and we're like, oh my God, I know what I want to do. I want to do this. But then we don't think about it again for a while and we kind of forget that we thought that. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so I think that when there's something you think really lights you up, you know, you want to make a, you want to make a vision board or a Pinterest board or write it down and it, it might come to you in the middle of the night, the thing that that's for you, um, write it down. It's probably something that you always are Googling about. It could be something that you always picking up books or magazines because you see something in them. Um, or it's something when you hear on the radio, someone talking about whatever it is, you turn it up because you think, Oh, I'm interested in that. Um, it's actually recognizing what it is that you are always curious to know more about and um, keep it alive every day. Just keep those feelings alive inside of you. Don't, don't forget what it is that you're working towards. Don't, don't forget your dream, your desire, the thing you're here to experience. Let it grow. And this is exactly what you talk to people about in your podcast, isn't it? The F years. Yes. <laughs> I love that so much. I must admit that I initially did think that this was something rude. I can't be the only one, but you did meet 40s and 50s, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. 40s and 50s. And also, I, you know, I used to run some groups that were called um, Fab Friends Network. And also, um, I, used, well, I still do take people from fed up to fabulous. So F actually is quite a key a key letter and so yeah the FES podcast is very much about women who have um who are experiencing these natural changes um that are occurring in their lives and in their bodies the kids might be leaving home or maybe they didn't have children and now they're like okay so I'm 50 you know now what I've kind of got quite a lot of money behind me I've got more time now what um so it's, it's all sorts of things women who um yeah, one have relocated or um, who've literally sold up and traveling as you're just about to embark on. Um, women who've just rediscovered who they are now at this chapter of their lives. Um, um, women who've, who've found love again, which is beautiful. Um, but it's all about women who perhaps feel, you know, that they, it wasn't like they knew what they wanted, but they felt terribly vulnerable. They, they weren't sure if they had the courage um, they weren't quite sure they could give themselves permission to do it. And so they kind of had to really push through all these protective barriers that they put up for themselves to get to the other side. They weren't people who just said, yeah, I'm just going to do that to breeze. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for it. No, they, they had to kind of work their way through. And I think that the journey for them is richer for it. And the women that they've grown into, it's just totally inspirational. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great show and uh, it's a great concept as well. I do think it's very timely to to focus um, on on women. I think there's something very interesting happening around definitely feminism right now, and um, it's a I think it's a brilliant time to to be a woman and to be a fan of women. Yeah, mm. to to be to be one of the guys that's standing alongside and going, you know, come on, yes. You can do it. I, I always knew you could do it. And you yes. Yeah. And I love men like that. <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty 
of them. Absolutely yes. tons of them. Um, so yeah, it's great that they're getting a bit of a, a bit yeah. of a moment in the limelight as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ali. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I thank hope you, Blair. inspired a few people to to get on the first step or maybe the first couple of steps of, of their new adventure. And of course they can, they can follow you and they can listen to the podcast to, to find out more brilliant tips about how they can do that too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Blair. It's been a joy and I love your podcast. <laughs> I hope you really enjoyed that interview. You can check out her show, The F Years Podcast, on iTunes and make sure to look her up on all the social media. She's a lovely, lovely person to follow. She's very honest and open about the stuff she has going on in her life and uh, I love seeing what she's up to. So do do that and, of course, do stay in touch with us. We have our wonderful A Brilliant Gamble online programme. Must check it out. It's so, so good. I'm very, very proud of it tons and tons of content, uh, videos, exercises that guide you through making big decisions in your life and then making the changes both external and internal to create the life that you really, really want. So go to our website, abrilliantgamble.com and click on classes and coaching to find out more about that. But with information about all the myriad ways you can stay in touch with us, here's the lovely Ivy Palmer. you you can get all the episodes of this show plus read the blog and find out more about our travel adventure at www.brilliantgamble.com sign up to the newsletter and get an advance notice of the classes and programs mummy is running plus you can follow us on instagram and twitter at brilliant gamble finally please leave a review and star rating for this podcast on itunes as it helps people find us and take a brilliant gamble of their own.